Saw, dude. You're about to hear a sermon from Han Vision, bruh. Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia, delivered by Joe's Song from our study on the gospel according to Matthew. Thanks for listening to Han Vision. Amen. Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 to 28. Jesus is talking to uh, the Pharisees and uh, the scribes. He's continually uh, challenging them and uh, calling them out. And he says this, Woe to you, uh, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, um, but are full of dead uh, people's bones and all uncleanliness. And so you also outwardly appearing righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. This is a series of woe to you statements that Jesus has been saying to the, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these religious uh, people of the day. And woe to you, right, as we've been repeating over and over again, is a word of judgment, is a warning of coming sorrow for those who are not in right standing before God. And the people who happen to not be in right standing before God are the religious people of the day. The people who seem most righteous are actually the ones who are under the most spiritual danger. And that, has, that is the same today, if not more true today than it is back then. You know, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, Jesus says, he says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to, to, to give each one uh, for, to payment for what they have done. And so Jesus is saying, like, he is coming soon. And when he comes soon, he's coming with judgment. He's going to repay each one of us for the things that we have done. For every sin that we have committed, we will be, we'll have to pay God for what we've done. And there are literally hundreds of verses in the New Testament talking about the second coming of Jesus. Like there's hundreds of verses. It's not just one book of the Bible in Revelation that talks about, the, about his com- coming. There are a hundred. If you look throughout the New Testament, if you study the Gospels, Jesus talks about not only that, that he's coming the first time, but he talks about his second coming again and again. And not just that, but his judgment that will come when he returns. Guys, Christ is going to return. And when he does we will have to give an account for all that we have done for all of our sins. And if you and I are not found under the protection of Jesus and the cross, then we have to pay for our sins on our own. Now, I know this is something when Jesus says to the Pharisees, it's supposed to, it's supposed to fill them with some fear that guys judgment is coming. Things will change. Life will not just go on forever. One day we will stand before God. And as scary as this is, this reality every day should fuel our hope. Every day we have problems, pain, temptation, and sin. And part of the fact that Jesus is going to return that reality, it fills us with hope that one day it will all end. Because when Jesus comes, not only will he bring judgment to all evil, but he will also bring an end to all that is evil in the world and in our lives. The reality of Jesus' second coming should fuel our repentance. Like if you are not under Christ right now, and if you're not sure that you're okay with him, then right now it should fuel your desire and your urgency to repent because he's going to come soon. 
It should fuel your urgency in how you live your life. Guys, Jesus is coming every day, one day less that we have. We don't have time to waste our lives. We should be living with urgency. We don't have time to be wasting it on useless pursuits. We don't have time to be lazy. We don't have time to just say like, oh, I'll just do what I need to do, but I'll get it done tomorrow. Guys, Christ is coming. It should fuel, that reality should fuel the urgency in which we live our lives. Don't push off to tomorrow what you can do, what you should be doing today, right? Don't say, I'll seek God tomorrow or I'll, I'll, I'll change tomorrow if you can do it today. And this reality of Christ coming, the coming judgment should fuel our witness. Guys, we should be boldly telling people the truth of God and of the, and joyfully inviting them to repent and to follow Jesus today. I don't know what we're waiting for. God gave us the people and the relationships of our lives so that we can invite them to know Christ because he's coming and he's coming soon. And Jesus, the way he lives his life, it's full of this urgency. Jesus didn't come to be nice. He came to save. And those are different things. He loves us too much to just let us be nice and to be comfortable and just be comfortable in our sin and our error. He will let you know that you need a change. He will pull no punches when it comes to sin and hypocrisy that might, that's going to lead you to hell. Jesus will not just be nice to you about it. And he is not nice to these, to these Pharisees and these scribes. He straight, I mean, look at what he's been saying to them these last like couple of weeks. He calls them hypocrites. He calls them like, you know, filthy cups. He call in here. He, he it's turning up. He says, "You hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs. For outwardly you look beautiful, but inside you're full of dead people's bones and uncleanliness." Like that is, I don't think you understand how harsh that is to say to these guys. Like it's because we don't understand what whitewashed tombs really is. I mean, I think I think we can like understand like okay, whitewashed tombs. Um, but like the cultural significance of what that is will give you extra weight to what Jesus is really saying to these guys. Okay. So let me tell you in those times, in Jesus's day, during, there was the temple and ritual purity was super important to them because especially when they were in Jerusalem near the temple, the old, in the old Testament, it warns that no one is supposed to become ritually unclean and go near the temple of God. If you were, you would be completely cut off from the people of God. You would be cast out. If you would desecrate the holiness of God by walking into his temple, unclean. And so you didn't want to be unclean. And so in, in Numbers 19, right? It just, in, in the book of Numbers, it talks about how uh, you are to remain ritually clean so that you can come before the presence of God and worship. But then there's one thing that above all other things that makes you more unclean than anything else. It's when you come into contact with a dead person. Because God is life. He's so holy. The opposite of God's holiness is literally death. And if you are to touch death or anything near death, you will become unclean. In Numbers 19 verse 13, it says, Whoever touches a dead person, the body of anyone who has died and does not cleanse himself, defiles the tabernacle of the Lord. And that person shall be cut off from it from Israel. That's a serious deal. They will be cut off from Israel if they touch a dead body and then they come into contact with God's tabernacle. So this ritual impurity, right? It's not, you, you, you don't just get it from touching a dead body, but you can even get it 
from touching a grave site as well. Even something that's touching a dead body, if you touch that, it says a couple verses later in Numbers 19.16, so whoever in an open field touches someone who was killed with a sword or who had died naturally or touches a human bone or a grave shall be unclean for seven days. So even if you come close and you touch a grave site, you will be unclean for seven days. And this, like, for seven days, you have to go through this process that is in Leviticus of decontamination. And it was like really lengthy and you had to, you know, had, it had to do with washing and sprinkling of a special sort of water and dust from the, from the ashes of, of the temple and all of these things that you had to do in order to cleanse yourself from being unclean by touching a dead body or a gravesite. And so that's why it was so critical for, for people to know that they are not coming anywhere near a tomb or a gravesite. So like during Jesus's day, when the Passover happened, so guys, when there was a Passover, that was like the, one of the biggest feasts, right? Everyone from all over the country of Israel would all travel to the capital city of Jerusalem, the capital, and they would observe the Passover festival. And because people would be coming from all over the place, a lot of these places were not locals and they wouldn't know exactly where the graves and the tomb sites were that were around Jerusalem. Because these graves back then, they didn't have big tombstones. They were literally just, it looks like caves or just hills and they didn't know what these looked like. So what they would do is uh, right when pass, uh, you know, in the season of Passover, when they knew that all these people were traveling and they're actually traveling to the temple so that they can worship and have these feasts, they would make sure that they would cover all of the tombs with whitewash and they would color them white so they were bright and so very obvious so that no one would accidentally brush up against a tombstone, a tomb site or a grave site and defile themselves and bring that in to the holy temple of God. Do you guys understand what that's saying? So whitewashed tombs, what, it wasn't decoration. It wasn't there trying to make the tombs look nicer. They were warning signs. They were basically saying, warning, stay away. This, there is uncleanliness here. There is death here. And if you come near this, you will be defiled as well. And so the crazy thing is when Jesus is calling these Pharisees and these scribes whitewashed tombs, it's so offensive to them because these Pharisees and these scribes, they were the ones who were so obsessed with ritual cleanliness. They were the ones obsessed with ritual purity more than anybody else. They were so concerned with not becoming unclean. And Jesus is saying, not only are you unclean, you are the source of uncleanliness in Israel. You are like whitewashed tombs that need to be avoided by others or else you are going to contaminate others with your uncleanliness. This is like an insult to the highest degree, to a Pharisee or to a scribe of the law. Jesus is saying to all those who are listening, don't get near these people. Spiritual death is inside of them. I know you all look up to them. I know they look beautiful and righteous on the outside, but they're dead on the inside. And if you go near them or if you live like them, you too will die on the inside. Outward appearance. You might look beautiful outwardly is what he said, like these whitewashed tombs. But that outward appearance is what people can see. And what you can see, it doesn't matter. Guys, what the people can see of our lives is not what matters. Your life on the outside might look great to other people on social media, 
you know, sprinkled with just the right amount of success and Bible verses, and you have just the right amount of filters to make your face look all smooth and not real. You know, you might have a great reputation, what people can see, but what's on the inside? What's in your inner life? That part that no one can see. We talked a little bit about this last week. We spend so much time, you know, and effort making our lives look beautiful and successful to others, but in our careers, our bodies, our lifestyles, But God says in 1 Samuel 16, for the Lord does not see what man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If God, like your outward appearance might look beautiful and clean and nice and put together. But if God's looking into your heart today, what would he see? Would he see life? Or would he find dead bones? Would he see death inside of you? The question today that we all need to ask ourselves is, are you dead on the inside? You might look beautiful and healthy on the outside, but are you dead? These Pharisees looked really righteous on the outside. They studied the scriptures. They did all these outward religious things, but Jesus still says you're dead. And that's a possibility. And they didn't know that they were dead. They thought they were alive, but they weren't. And is this just something that Jesus is saying to the Jews of those days? No, like, Jesus is actually, the crazy thing is, Jesus says something very similar to Christians. Almost the exact same thing. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, Jesus says to this, saying this to a church in the, during those, in, in, to the end times. He says, and to the angel of the church in Sardis, right? He's writing to a church. The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Jesus is not talking to Jewish people. He's talking to a church. These are Christians. And these, this, is a, this is addressed to people living in the, in the end times, the end time church. Guys, do you not know who we are? We are the end time church. And to the church, he says, Christians who have a reputation of being alive. He says, you look alive. You, other people might look at your life and say, oh, what a great Christian. But Jesus looks at people who have a reputation of being alive. And he says, you are dead. That's, <laughs> that's scary. I mean, it's something that we have to take a moment and ask, am I dead? Am I alive on the inside? What does it mean to be spiritually dead? Clearly, according to the scripture, you can look alive, you can look religious, you can look clean on the outside and still be dead on the inside. You can be considered a church and still be dead on the inside. So what does it mean? I think that's something we really have to figure out here today. What does it mean to be spiritually dead? Let's look at a couple of verses of what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 3. He says this. Paul is saying, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. So this is, you know, you can be dead on the inside in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So this is what it looks like to be dead. You, you were, you once walked following the course of the world and following the prince and the power of the air. So let me ask you today, who are you following? Are you following the course of this world? Because that's what dead people do. That's what spiritually dead people are doing. 
They are following the course of this world. What are your goals today? What are your aspirations? Are, they, are you following the course of the world? Are you following with the world and the advice of this world? What's your life ambition right now? Where did, where did that come from? What are you putting your effort towards? What are you chasing after? Where did that come from? Is it from the world? Is it from a book on success? Is it from a self-help book? Is it from like, uh, you know, someone that you saw? Is it from a teacher or is it from the word of God? Is it from Christ? Because if you're following the course of the world, if we're doing what the world tells us, and if we're chasing success as the world defines it, then we might be dead. Because that's what Ephesians says, we were once dead and we were chasing after the things of this world. Who are your role models for life? Are they people who follow Christ? Are they your role models because they're living for the kingdom? Or are they your, your, your role models because they're, they have successful careers and they're making lots of money and they are, you know, people look up to them? Because if you're following the course of this world, then you might be dead on the inside. But instead, Jesus says, follow me and live. And in Matthew 8, 22, Jesus says to him, but follow me and leave the dead to bury the dead. If you're not following Jesus, then you're dead. doesn't matter how alive you look like on the outside. It doesn't look, matter how much fun or how much, you know, you look like on the outside that you're having. If you're not following Jesus, Jesus says you are dead. Are you imitating his life, his actions, his commandments? Or do you live your life not giving any thought to what Jesus is doing and what he's saying? Let's move on. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. The next verse is talking about spiritually dead people. It says, um, you lived among them once, living in, living, um, at once living the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature's children of wrath like the rest of mankind. People who are spiritually dead, you live out of the passions of your flesh. And you carry out the desires of your body and the mind. Like you, this is what rules you. Are you living by the passions of your flesh? The desires of your body, right? This is like, are, are you just driven by your, your sexual desires? Are you just driven by your desire for pleasure or comfort? Or are you driven by your addictions? Things that you just, your body wants, things that make you feel good, things that your body just feels and you just obey these desires and you have no control over them and you just run after them even though they might go against what God wants you to do with your body, then you might be dead on the inside. Are you living and obeying and doing the things following after the desires of your flesh? Or it says the mind. Are you just going after entertainment? You just want to fill your mind with the things of whatever your mind wants or is, or are you living according to the spirit of God? Romans chapter eight, verse six, it says this, it says the mind set the mind. It says this people who are alive spiritually for the mindset on the flesh is death. So if your mind and your actions are, are set on flesh, it's death, but the mind that's set on the spirit is life and peace. Do you think like what, what, what's your mind set upon? Is it on what your body wants? What feels good? Or is it set on, or do you ask every day, like what does the Holy Spirit want me to do? Are you led by the spirit of God? What does God want me to do? Are you 
The next question about, are you spiritually alive or are you spiritually dead? My question is, are you growing in love? Especially, are you growing in love for other Christians? So this is a, this is an, I feel like this one's a thing you should ask yourself. In, in John chapter three, or uh, first John chapter three, verse 14, it says this, it says, we know that we have, so like, this is how you know, we know that we have passed out from death into life because we love the brethren and he who does not love abides in death. You guys see that? So you know that you are not dead spiritually, but you are alive and you, you pass from death to life because you love the brethren. This is talking about other Christian believers when it talks about brothers, other spiritual brothers in Christ. And if you don't, if you don't abide in that, then you still, you're still dead. So think about your love for other Christians in your life. Is it growing or is it, or is it not there? Is it, is it getting colder, right? Do you love others or are you just kind of like focused on yourself and your own spiritual growth? Isn't that crazy? You can like just focus on yourself and just, it's just me and God. And like that actually might mean you might be dead because if you have no love for others and that love for other believers is not growing, then you might actually be dead inside because spiritually alive people love others, especially other Christians, not because you love, not because you're a great person, you love them, but because God's love for them is growing in you. Does that make sense? The reason why like living spiritually alive people love other Christians is because God loves other Christians. They are his children and he loves them. And that love for them is growing inside of you because you're getting closer to God. It's not because Christians are lovable, but the love of God grows in you. So are you loving other believers? And if you're not, like you might need to check your heart because some of you, you might like do your quiet times and like, you know, read your Bible and pray by yourself all the time. But your love for other Christians is actually getting smaller and smaller. Or maybe you just, you don't care about what other, about other people. Then you need to check yourself right now and be like, God, am I, am I dead inside? Because if you love others, like why is my love for others not growing? That's a serious sign that you, you might need to check something in your heart. And Jesus says, instead of life, these people are filled with lawlessness. Is the law of God in your heart, in your mind? Are you living by his word? Because if you're not, you can't live without his law, without his commandments in your heart. Matthew 4, 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone. You cannot live, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Guys, you cannot live. You cannot live and be alive spiritually without the, the word of God. Psalm 1, 2, it says, But the man who, who lives for the Lord, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. We need to fill our lives every day. In, the law of the Lord needs to fill our hearts. We can't be our, we, we can't have lawlessness, a lack of the law, an absence of the law inside of us. Do you know the laws of God? Do you know the commandments of Jesus? Do you know the Ten Commandments? Are you living according to the law of God? Does, the, does his commandments guide the way we live? Because if they're not, then our, we're filled with lawlessness. We're just doing whatever we want, which is what the world tells us to do. Isn't that funny? The world message is a message of death. 
It says, do whatever you want to do. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. Guys, does that not sound familiar to you? You know that because that is the message of every Disney like movie. You know, it's the message of every like, it's, it's the message of the world. Do whatever you want. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. Follow your heart, your dreams. And that is a message of death because that is a message of lawlessness. And if you fill our hearts with lawlessness, then there will be nothing but dead bones in the end. Church, are you dying on the inside or are you, is your inner being becoming more and more alive with each passing day? Which direction is your life going? You're always going one direction or the next. Let, and you know what Jesus says in Revelation 3, 2. He tells this church, wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about it remains and is about to die, for I have found not found your works complete in the in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard, keep it and repent, because if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Guys, he says, wake up, strengthen what remains and what is about to die. So here's the thing. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not completely spiritually dead, but you might be dying. Does that make sense? Some of you are like, oh no, I'm not, there's something there. There's still a little bit of a relationship with God there, right? But if you're dying, if the direction of your relationship with God and your faith is 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 getting smaller and smaller, if your faith is getting weaker and weaker, in Revelation, it said, you're dead. In verse 1 of Revelation 3, he said, like, you are already, he already declared them dead. And then he says that they are dying. You see, the direction that your spiritual faith is going is what you are. If you are growing more dead in Christ, then Christ says you're already dead. Do you guys know what I'm saying? The Christians at the church of Sardis, they used to be alive. They were alive and vibrant at one point, but it doesn't matter if you were alive and vibrant at one point in the past. But if your spiritual life today is not more alive today than it was back then and is on the decline, then Jesus declares you dead. Guys, it's not about how close and how in love you were with Jesus a long time ago. It's not about how how passionate you were about Jesus when you were in high school or when you were in middle school or back when you were in college. It's about where are you today? Do you love God more today than you did yesterday? Are you growing in the life that he has for you today? Is the direction of your spiritual walk going, going towards eternity, towards heaven, or is it going the other way? Because if you are going the other way today, then I feel like there's a lot of us that might be dead, even on this call. You look at your life, if we get honest with ourselves, and your love for others is, is, going, is getting smaller. It's not increasing every day. Your love for God is, is, is decreasing. Your hypocrisy is growing because you're learning more about Jesus because you're, you've been a Christian longer, but you're obeying less and less and less. That means your hypocrisy is growing. It means you know more, but you're obeying less. Do you not realize the spiritual death in you is growing? Are you dead today? And some of us have to admit, Lord, I, I am dead. 
or I'm dying. My love for you is growing cold. My love for people is growing cold. I care less and less. I want to tell you the good news today. Jesus came to raise the dead. That's his specialty. That's like, that's like his special move, right? That's his finisher. Raising the dead is what he does, right? Mark chapter 5, verse uh, 41. He took a dead little girl and he took her by the hand and he said, get up. I say, little girl, arise. And she got up. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God, he made us alive. He made those who were dead in their sins alive together with Christ. By grace, we've been saved. John chapter 5, verse 25, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who will hear will live. Does anyone hear the voice of the Son of God today? Any dead people who are dying spiritually, who've been growing colder in your spiritual walk? Any hypocrites today who have been dead for so long? He says, arise. He says, get up. But Lord, I'm dead. It doesn't matter. When the Lord speaks, he raises the dead. He says to the Pharisee and to the hypocrites, repent. He says to the dying church, wake up. Strengthen what remains as not about to die. Guys, we can repent today. Because though some of us might be dead or dying, the voice of Jesus can bring you back to life. Where are you? When you look on the inside of your heart, are you alive? Is the word of God living in you? Is his commandments, you know, just filling your heart? Are you living your life following after Jesus or are you still following after the world? And if you are, then today is the day. I pray right now that the voice of Jesus will, 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 will be heard by your soul, and then something will wake up and be like, I need to stop. I need to turn around right now. And if that's you, that is the voice of God. If you are hearing this, if there's a part of your heart that's like, I need to change, I want to change, then that is Jesus speaking to you right now. And this is the day that you can wake up out of your spiritual death, out of your spiritual slumber, and you can rise, child of God, and turn to him so that you can live come back to him he's waiting for you it doesn't matter what your life looks on like on the outside maybe you're outside it looks great maybe life looks wonderful but on the inside you know you're dead you know that your love is growing cold he sees you let's take off our masks let's stop being hypocrites and let's come before jesus today and say lord I need to be revived. I need to be resurrected today. I believe that Jesus wants to resurrect some of our hearts today. I believe that Jesus is going to turn some of us around today that who, who have been heading down, who've been sliding backwards, who've been heading back towards spiritual death, and he's going to wake you up, and he's going to start bringing you back to him.
And so let's take a moment. And if you, if that's you, if you hear the voice of Jesus today saying, come live, you are dead. But if you come back to me, I will, I will bring you back to life. What are the things you need to repent of today? You can turn. Have you been living for your flesh? Have you been running after your own things? Then repent of those things. And like, I can't change. I know like some of those things you feel like you have no power to change and you don't. And that's why you need to throw it down at Jesus' feet and say, Lord, clean me, cleanse me, breathe your life into me. And Jesus, who died on the cross for you so that you can be cleansed, who rose from the dead so that you can have life, will give it to you. So let's take a moment to do that right now. Let's close our eyes and let's pray and let's take a moment to, to repent and come to the Lord. And David, I'll let, can lead us into a time of response. Thanks for listening to the Han Vision Podcast. We hope you are blessed. Join us next week on Han Vision.